Our reading this morning is from Acts chapter 15. We'll be reading verses 1 through 11. Please stand. Then certain individuals came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to Jerusalem to discuss this question with the apostles and the elders. So they were sent on their way by the church, and as they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, they reported the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the believers. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all that God had done with them. But some believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and said, it is necessary for them to be circumcised and ordered to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders met together to consider this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, My brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that I should be the one through whom the Gentiles would hear the message of the good news and become believers. And God, who knows the human heart, testified to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. And in cleansing their hearts by faith, he has made no distinction between them and us. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing on the neck of the disciples a yoke that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear. On the contrary, we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. The word of our Lord. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, stir up your holy power this day and come. Send your spirit into our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our ears, that we might hear a word for us today anew, and that we too might then live out that which we believe. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I had the uh, honor and privilege uh, this week of attending two separate funerals uh, that have taken place in my immediate community. And both of these funerals and what happened in them cut me to the core. Uh, In fact, pastors will often tell you, go to the funeral, go to the funeral. Do not miss the opportunity to go to the funeral. On one hand, I can see how that might sound morbid. On the other hand, there are so many important things that happen. And one of the things that always happens for me at funerals is that it gets right down to the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter in our text today is this. We believe that we will be saved through the grace of Jesus just as they will. Let me tell you about these two funerals that I went to this week. The first was for Richard Grimsrud, and my parents will know Richard Grimsrud. Uh, His wife, Karen, was the organist at the church at Mount Olivet Lutheran Church in Plymouth, Minnesota, where I grew up. And one of the things that was so wonderful to go back to Mount Olivet Lutheran Church in Plymouth, Minnesota, is that it looks on the outside exactly like it did when I was a kid. And so parking in the parking lot and on this beautiful spring-summer day, walking up into the entrance to the church, It looked just like it did when I left like 30 years ago. And what washed over me walking in the doors of that church, seeing the old sanctuary, is being reminded how much I felt loved there just to be myself. I was washed with a wave of memories of all of the people that inhabited that building that when I was such a piano-playing, golfing, kind of dorky, nerdy high school student, all let me be who I was. There was Brent, my youth director, Pastor Bob, Pastor Karen, 
Pastor Keith Fries, who was the senior pastor who was an insurance salesman turned preacher, which was awesome. And my memory of him was when he retired and the congregation got him a Miata and he drove away with the convertible top down in this little red Miata with his bald head sticking out. And I remembered Richard Grimsrud's family at Easter Karen playing the organ and the Grimsrud family brass, mom on the organ and the three boys, Eric, Kent, and Chad, playing trumpet and trombone and filling the sanctuary with sounds on Easter morning. I also remembered that their mom died seven years ago and one of the brothers just two years after that. As I walked into the building, there were people sitting in the pews because I was late who I immediately recognized. Lori Item was there. Julie Sohn was there. Chad Grimsrud, one of the sons, of course, was there. Tiffany and Joy. And they all gave me that knowing look. Like, they look at you when you walk into your church that you haven't been to since you were a kid. And they look at you. And I caught Chad's eye as he walked in the funeral procession for his father. And we smiled because I know what Chad was thinking. 30 years later, he was thinking, chickens! And I know he was thinking it because when we went to the Boundary Waters my senior year in high school, him and Mark Dahlquist, for whatever reason, packed up the hot dogs from one night that nobody else wanted, cut them into little pits, bits, and as we're canoeing down in the Boundary Waters, they're throwing them up into the air and the seagulls are catching them in their mouths and they keep yelling, chickens! Chickens! I have no idea why. In that adolescent boy joy of doing something silly that makes no sense, Chad looked at me and smiled. It was grace and welcome, and there were no barriers between any of us for anything. At funerals and walking into your own home congregation, you sense the fullness of the finality and fragility of life. And suddenly, nothing else matters. All of the pretenses that you walk around with in life fall away. Because what's important is to be loved. The sense and the weight of the silliness of all our divisions simply drop away because we admit that we are in bondage to sin and death and nobody can free themselves. It brings you to the heart of the matter so quick. We believe that we will be saved through the grace of Jesus just as they will and everyone else. I sat down in the pew in the back of this familiar place with these familiar people and the familiar sounds of the organ playing, and I breathed an enormous sigh of heavenly comfort and relief. The second funeral that I went to this week was for Chris, a 22-year-old son of Pastor Melissa Melnick. Pastor Melissa is the lead pastor for Tapestry Ministries, a ministry that you and I have walked alongside and helped to support for the last year. The funeral for the 22-year-old University of Minnesota student who slipped and fell into the river was at Central Lutheran. And as you might imagine, it was packed full. And it was such an amazing and 
grace-filled service. It was bilingual in both English and in Spanish. And like so many people at so many funerals, when I looked out, it was so incredibly diverse because there were all these people who were gathered together who, frankly, I probably wouldn't sit down next to in normal, regular, everyday life. I, I was, of course, sitting there like I'm supposed to in a suit and tie, sitting right there in the middle of Central Lutheran. And as I looked just right in my sight line, right to the pulpit, was a guy who was as big as a house and had a mohawk that was twice the size of what Mr. T ever had in his life. He would have been both jealous and envious. This guy was huge. And I couldn't help but see his just perfectly shaved head and the mohawk. And then he had on a white shirt and a blue blazer. I mean, the guy could have been a stockbroker for all I know, but he looked like a wrestler. And then, off to the side, walking in sort of late, was an African-American woman who was all of about five foot one and had a hat on that was just about as big as she was. And the hat and her outfit were as black as night. A participant in tapestry ministries, she was dressed to mourn. And you could see on her face the anguish of walking in, the seminary, walking in the church. One of the pastors who led the service was bilingual, and I'm sure he was somewhere from Latin America, and the way he pronounced every word was just amazing. In both English and in Spanish, every word I felt had the enormous weight of saying them in the context of the death of a 22-year-old beloved son. I felt like every word he spoke was both grief and comfort. And the whole mess of it all was beautiful. It felt like the kingdom of God had finally come to earth. All of the barriers and divisions were gone. I'm going to tell this story about Pastor Melissa, and it's a little bit out of school, but I'm going to risk it because I think it's important. One of the things about Pastor Melissa is that she has an incredibly unique, I think, perspective on life. One of the things that human beings do, we all do it, all people of all colors and creeds, politics, nationalities, ethnicities, or whatever, we all create boundaries around us to keep us safe. And some of them are actually good and necessary. But sometimes those boundaries that were once helpful are no longer, and they become problems. Pastor Melissa has an incredible sensitivity to this that I just simply don't. I am so thankful for her perspective and her sensitivities on life and what makes for people coming in and makes for people not being let into community. In her blog that she's been writing, which you have to go read, she wrote a page just before the funeral called Frequently Asked Questions About Her Own Son's Funeral. Because Melissa knows that some of the people that come and experience worship and gracious welcome at Tapestry wouldn't set foot in our congregation because they don't look like us. They don't sound like us. They don't think like us. And Melissa is highly aware of it. She wrote in this frequently asked questions page, what to wear? What's, what's a visitation and why in the world would you ever come and see that? 
what are all of the elements of the worship service? And this is the one that just hit me and cut me to the core because it describes it so beautifully. She says, not everything that you hear on this day will make sense to you, but trust that everything we're doing is done in the promise that God knows and loves us. It is the heart of the matter. It is grace-filled welcome. And the thing that I so appreciate about Pastor Melissa is that she doesn't brashly or angrily knock down any of those boundaries that we've created in love, but instead, she gently opens doors in them so that everybody stays safe, but everybody is still welcome to come on in. I think, I hope, at the end of the day, what we all want is to get to the heart of the matter, that we are saved through God's grace, just like everyone else. Ultimately, in this strange story in Acts, this is the answer to the question that the disciples are debating about. What does it mean, ultimately, to be part of this new family of faith who are followers of Jesus? What does it mean to have boundaries and welcome all at the same time? What's amazing, I mean just incredibly amazing if you understand the depth of their decision, they decided that what had become central, one of the most important physical markers of being a follower of God in the Jewish tradition, as serious as circumcision, they changed their minds about it. I know you've heard that pastors are fond of saying that the word repent means to turn around and go the other direction. It actually has a whole other meaning in reality. In classical Greek, the word repent means to change your mind. To repent means to turn around and change your mind. What the disciples do at the early followers of Jesus is they turn around and they reflect on what they've been given, their scriptures, they listen to one another in prayerful conversation and remember what happened to each of them in God's spirit, and they change their mind. In fact, they turn around and get back to what was always the center. Jesus allows them to see what was the heart of the matter. Grace, kindness, compassion, and forgiveness. I don't know if this is exactly true, but it seems mostly true. It strikes me that war and violence and anger and division and hate and especially arguments where we cling so tightly to our own narrow perspective both change and affect us and the world around us. But grace, forgiveness, love, and compassion, these are the things that save us. It's like walking into a funeral in your home congregation and catching the eye of those people that you went to the Boundary Waters 30 years ago and declaring, chickens! It's like the gracious welcome of a pastor at the funeral of her own 22-year-old son, where all are graciously welcome. Because the heart of the matter is this. 
we believe that we will be saved through the grace of Jesus Christ. And so will everyone else. Amen.